Soon as I get my strength back, I'm going to get out of this bed and help him. Dad, in all the years you've been saying you're going to get out of that bed, I've yet to see you set foot on the floor. Well, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold. Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week we're going on a Wonka journey. (laughs) We're off to a world of pure imagination. Yeah. but Well, this week we had the very, very... Oh, no, actually, do you know what? It's not that sad, because the dude was 83 and had a very long career. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, I thought he was already dead. Gene Wilder died this week. I saw people posting about him, and I was like, "Why? Why?" I thought like, die, like anim- well, no, I thought like it must be an anniversary. That's what I thought as well. Um, but no, you see, I think we were both probably just remembering Richard Pryor, and them like being in so many movies together. Even yeah, it's probably actually only two. But no, well, you see, he had Alzheimer's, and it was probably it was probably when he that, was out of the public eye for a long time. But I'd say whenever he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, or whenever that went public, there was probably a lot of press about it. So that memory yeah. probably sticks with you. Yeah. Like, it is sad, but I wasn't, like, completely heartbroken. Oh, that's a piece of my heart childhood gone. Damn you, 2016, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. I was really relieved that we didn't kill him. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was because, like, I was meant to say that when we done Green Room, because I suggested Green, Ro- Green Room ages ago before oh, yeah. Anton <gasps> died. So, like, I was... No way. Oh, yeah. That was on the list of, like episodes to do shit i think that we even talked about that being the episode the first episode when we came back after doing the running man i wanted to do that because i just seen it at that period it was probably just out at that period so yeah there's two we 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 could have although we had never done willy wonka no it was just because yeah gene wilder died and was looking up stuff it's like ah willy wonka i would like to watch that but I know we were going to do something entirely different, but we're pushing that out for next week then because we thought, ah, we'll do Willy Wonka because yeah. Walter died. I just kind of wanted an excuse. I was like, wanted to watch Willy Wonka again, but then I was like, do I really though? I've got better things to be doing. It's like, but if we do an episode about it, then I've got a reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it last night with Katie and because we were in the car in the morning, I was dropping her to work and I was like, oh, and they were talking about it on the radio. I was like, oh yeah, Gene Wilder died. And she's like, yeah, I love that film. I was like, sure, watch it tonight. And then we did. But in the meantime, before making that decision, you text me. You're like, do you want to change the episode to Willy Wonka? Mm. I was like, yep, cool. Uh, and I was contemplating not actually watching it and just winging it from what I could remember. I'd say you could have. Like, that's one film where you actually definitely could have yeah, and probably yeah. remember. Like, I, I watch, it's something I haven't... I've seen it a few times when I was younger. I haven't seen it in about... 15 years I would say the same I've yeah. cotton maybe bits of it yeah. during Christmas or something but I almost I could I could read out the dialogue not read it out I could just say the lines as they're speaking them like oh yeah, yeah. you watched it that much as a kid like. well no no I don't think I even watched it that much I think it's just very memorable I'd say I've and seen it's very it. quoted and quotable as well I'd say I've seen it about five times in full in my entire life and over the course of nearly 30 years that's not that much do you know what I found the hardest thing yesterday? Was a every radio station every hour all day yesterday just kept playing um, the song. 
I really like it. See, I haven't heard live radio, with the exception of when I get a haircut, in the same length of time it's been since I've seen Willy Wonka. <laughs> so, with the exception of when I get a haircut, that's the play. only time I hear the radio. Sometimes in cars, but like most times, on a, right. t- getting a taxi maybe. <laughs> well, I was, I you see, I was going on my eighties journey this week. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, this is a, I've, I've been going down a really strange journey. My parents are moving house. The house they've lived in for like 40 years. So mm. it's a really big deal. And I was helping my dad clear out the attic. And I just kept finding loads of old stuff that was either mine or my brother's or even my dad's. And it's all so like 70s and 80s. Um, loads of mad stuff. And I, I had this old video camera that I made my very first films with uh, when I was a kid. And Are you I getting sent a rid of that, of, by the way? No, I'm keeping it. Okay. Um, and I sent a picture of it to Johnny, and I just said, we should make our own Stranger Things, but more authentic. <laughs> and you replied going, dude, keep all the 80s shit you keep finding. Mm. Use it as props. I was like, yes. And I actually, yesterday, there was a load of things like Walkmans and stuff I found. So I was like, no, I'll keep it. I was going to throw them in the bin, and then I didn't. Oh, I actually, that's good, because, yeah, like, I even want a Walkman for something. <laughs> I've got about four of them. Um, <laughs> if you find any like you know 80s 80s knickers as well <laughs> why what do you need <laughs> <laughs> Gordo really likes them remember <laughs> no yeah so I've been going on my 80s journey and I felt that even though Willy Wonka was made in 71 I think 72 yeah 71 um, it still felt like a uh, very 80s thing well, to I do well it had I had a resurgence yeah. in the 80s Cause, because it wasn't successful it was it, yeah it? it wasn't successful and then VHS it found its home and then Which like you ha- the 80s, yeah. you have everybody like you've just every time somebody has you know there, when there's a batch a wave of new children in the world it's oh, yeah. going to have a surge in popularity another reason I'm going to keep that uh, video camera is because you can use it as a VHS player as well Ah, nice. Because it records straight to VHS, because it's that badass. And I'm intrigued to see how... So I have recorded straight to Super VHS, uh, and I don't know if you can even get oh, Super VHS anywhere. Like, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how good I could make stuff look on it with like proper film lighting now. That I, now that I know all that shit. Because <laughs> I, like, yeah, I used yeah. to film stuff with like a bedside lamp <laughs> when I was 12. But so Willie, sorry, that was really random. Just popped into my head. Sorry. Question: Have you seen? Have you seen the remake, the Tim Burton? Yes, I have. Unfortunately. Oh my god! I watched about twenty minutes of that this morning just to get an idea in my head to compare them it's in case it came. Monsters, mess. It's crazy. Hell. Like, I think Tim Burton's pretty shit since maybe Sleepy Hollow is probably or no Big Fish. Yeah, Big Fish is good fun. Since Big Fish, I don't think he's made. Since he went really for the like green screen stuff. And it's but, but the writing is terrible. But even direction, like, even everything. Big Fish had that was a very modern CG yeah, layered movie, but it was so colorful. I think the problem now is he he almost seems like he's a young filmmaker who's copying Tim Burton. Yes, exactly. And everything's dark and edgy. But not really. It's just dark. Like everything's yeah. dark in style now, but not in tone. Yeah, where that's the great thing about Big Fish is everyone's like, "Oh, it's not real Tim." But do you remember when it came out? Yeah, it's such a burden because it's not dark. It's like and it literally was such a dark because film. the contrast isn't because you mean it's not contrasty and it's not it, it's not noir lit. Yeah, and so 
But it was. It was just colourful. Film, like. It was just colourful. It was just different colour palette. Him yeah. playing a different colour palette. And like, it's an amazing Edward film. Scissor's hands is really colourful. It's so colourful. It's the the first the the first act, the very early stages of the first act, and the very end are, are really dark, and that's yeah. it. And that's why it works because it's so colourful in the middle. I that's think his I think his peak is definitely um, things like that and Beetlejuice and. I actually don't really like Beetlejuice. I know it's the one everybody yeah, loves. Yeah. I personally ain't a fan. I know, like Ed Wood is oh, incredible. Yeah, I, for- I forgot he made Ed Wood. Yeah. Although, have you seen Big Eyes? No. That was the one he done like two, three years ago. That's fantastic. It's if you didn't, if if I didn't tell, if I didn't say, have you seen Big Eyes in regards to a Tim Burton conversation? You wouldn't know he made it. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's really good. No, but all the it's about pain. It's just a biopic about painter. Yeah. All the other stuff, the Alice in Wonderland, and yeah. the new uh, he did Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, as opposed to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and it's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, and they're doing a sequel to it too. They're doing the glass, glass elevator. Yeah. Well, or did they do that already? It's, I, don't know. I don't even know. They. I was reading the trivia about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it wasn't a huge success, but they planned the sequel. They'd actually written loads of it, hmm. but uh, Roald Dahl hated yeah, yeah. Willy Wonka so much that he wouldn't give them the rights to it. Yeah. Which is, but I read that there's loads of conflicting reactions to that, that... He said he never saw the film, and he was quoted once in an interview saying he read he was sitting in a hotel room watched about 10 minutes of it before he realized what it was and turned it off where there's like photos and video of him going to the premiere and smiling and telling everyone it was a great show and all this kind of well stuff. i mean that you're probably you get landed with a lawsuit if you don't do that yeah exactly so. normally you sign that you will do that before you yeah, ever yeah. do it but he sat in the cinema and watched it is my point yeah, yeah, yeah. he claimed he never but, saw but he might not have because i'm no, sure he might he... have stayed hung out in the lobby yeah yeah, yeah. I would say that's even more likely because if he's genuinely unhappy with it, I can't imagine he'd yeah. have wanted to stay. Like when you go to a premiere like that, does anybody really see the film? <laughs> like, Ex- yeah, exactly. But I'd say if if you're unha- if I was unhappy, if I wrote a book and they adapted it and I was unhappy with it because I'd read the script, yeah, and I had to go to the premiere, I would definitely duck out and not watch it with another couple of hundred people. And I'd fucking watch it by myself when it opens. I'd go to a cinema out of town at like. 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning and watch it. I would also do that as a director. I'd sneak into a film yeah, like yeah, cinema yeah. and just see like audience reactions and all that kind of stuff. But he wrote the first draft of the script and then they got the guy that wrote yeah. The Omen in to rewrite it. So he's probably just, from that point, was probably when he was yeah. unhappy with it because they brought somebody in to rewrite. But, which is a weird thing to do. But to they brought so- in a script writer. Yeah, yeah. So he was a novelist. You know, that that's normal for anyone to do. Yeah, yeah. But I can see why you'd be... I see why you'd be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like script writing is the <laughs> finest of art. Like, it, it, it is definitely an art form, but I'd say anybody who can... Like, anybody who can write a half-decent novel can write a fantastic script. Yeah, I, I would think so. Like, all you have to do is just show them, explain the formatting to them. <laughs> And that's about it. Like, Essentially. And just they like, need, they don't, need, and, they and, need a one-hour <laughs> masterclass in script writing, yeah. and they're fine. <laughs> So should we uh, talk about Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory? <laughs> so, are you a do you have a sweet tooth? Are you a big chocolate fan? I, I know you're a big fan of 
eaten in general, and I am too. But <laughs> you gotta say that, like Shane, you're really fat. <laughs> no, no, but um, we're we're both like. I have a terrible sweet tooth, but yeah. I, as I get older, I have a terrible savory tooth. Like I have a terrible. I've got salt much. Tooth. Yeah, same. As a, like, um, Although I don't like really salty things, but no, I've I've I'm kind of going from. I have this really bad habit where I'll have my dinner and then I just get this craving for like some chocolate or a cake or something sweet. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then I'll eat something sweet and then I get that feeling of like you've eaten too much sugar and you feel kind of sickly. Y- yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'd be sitting watching TV or whatever and then I go, maybe I'll have a pack of crisps that will balance me out. <laughs> And then I'll go ahead and eat back of crisps because I'm like, oh, I want salt now because I have too much sweet. And and I have a terrible habit of doing that. But I'm now in only this last week, two weeks, I've decided I'm going to try and cut my sugar a lot. And this last year, I've been trying to eat a lot more dark chocolate and stuff like that because you only eat a small bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chocolate cravings yeah. and stuff like that. Well, that's what I started. Like, I started like buying like cocoa and stuff and just when I had wanted to like fucking have chocolate while watching a movie or something I'd yeah. drink a hot cocoa drink or something yeah yeah because it, it really quenches that craving but it's not as bad for you but no. also I just don't really have too much of a sweet like I tend to when I do crave chocolate like if, if I say I'm doing my shopping I'm like oh, I'll get some chocolate and I'll because it's usually just because there's an offer there's like fucking four Snickers bars for 150 and I buy them, and before I've like cleared, before I've left the parking lot of the supermarket, I, I've eaten the bag. <laughs> I bought these on the way here, and that is a four pack of Cadbury's Picnic bars <laughs> that were one fifty while I was waiting for the Lewis. What's left? Two. There's three left. I only oh, have one. okay. That's would like good one? one. I'll just leave it here for later. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have one. <laughs> but generally, I'd say I don't really have a sweet tooth. Because what I was getting to is, yeah. like, would you fall into the mania that uh, <laughs> just hypnotizes the entire fucking world in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Or the book, Charlie No, I would Factory. not be that obsessed with getting a lifetime supply of chocolate. It's crazy how, though, like, if it was Cadbury's, I don't know. But that, that isn't it mental how it just took over? In the film and book. Yeah. Which uh, kind of isn't too unlike thing. Like, you think, like, when when an iPhone is released in the yeah, actual yeah. world we live in, it's People not too look. far away. Because this is a film written in the 70s, a book written in the 60s. Yeah. And, like, it, the book, like, all Rodal stuff was, like, a, they were all parables, essentially. There was all a, yeah. a moral lesson to learn. So it was definitely, like, meant to be a comment on society oh, before the age of technology and we had like pokemon go and, and iphones to drive us crazy i don't think chocolate ever quite done it but i think no. that's why he they were kind of like that's what they, they, they were, well they were saying it's so silly that it might as well be chocolate that people would go crazy over i the whole time right this is a big thing for me was i don't know how many times i've seen that film but in a really bizarre way i've always missed the first act and i probably haven't seen the first act same here for yeah I'd say at least 20 years, if not more. So, but I always remember, I always remember 
Grandpa Joe getting out of the bed and dancing. Yeah. But that's nearly before, like, that's right before they go into the factory. So, I remember, I didn't realize how long it, it is, is before. before they even get to the factory, before mm. Willy Wonka appears. 45 minutes, I tell you. 45 it. minutes. He come, it's 45 minutes and, like... Either one second or eleven seconds. I timed it wow. uh, before he comes. I have probably most times I've seen that film. I've probably started about half an hour in because it's been on like the Sunday matinee on RTE. That's but that's like. it, yeah. And you know it's on. Like it's usually it's on at Christmas, and you like, oh, I may watch that when it's on. Even though I probably have it on VHS at Christmas, you always watch what's on the telly. Yeah, my favorite... and you're almost like twenty minutes late yeah. by the time you actually turn so it wa- on. So watching it as an adult, probably for the first time, watching the first act, which is the first half hour, say. Even though I know it's 45 minutes. I've probably seen the 15 minutes before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Veruca forcing her dad to make all his workers search for the ticket, all that kind of stuff. That was really ingrained in my brain, but all the other stuff before that, and, like, more the newscasts and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, like, actually watching it last night, I completely, like, I don't even remember, even though I remember, like I was saying, I could nearly fucking say out the dialogue for the film, yet... I had no memory of the ransom moment, which is no. hilarious. That was, that was so funny. That came as a surprise to me. I was like, I don't rem-. like. Maybe I was cut out before. Yeah, I, maybe it was. The humor, actually, the entire the first act is it's hilarious. a different film. It's, it's like a Monty Python sketch or something. But that and that's it. And it's clearly like it is definitely a comment on. It's like the Wally sort of comment on gluttony, which is the entire yeah, point yeah. of the film. Is when it's it's what the Oompa Loompas sing about. Yeah. But oh, it's so clear in the first act. It's like, it's... Yeah, I found, like, and I genuinely, like, watching this as an adult, that whole, like, half hour, 40 minutes, I was just like, this is commentary on a bizarre world where people go nuts over this stuff. But yet, we're now living in that world. Yeah, yeah. Like, 40 years, 45 years later. And the, 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 like, the, that's exactly what I was saying. I was just sitting there going, oh my God. This, it's a social commentary, and it's... It's social commentary and shit like that. It's one of the reasons I love Star Trek, blah, blah, blah. But anyway. <laughs> well, another thing I noticed about it, and this kind of goes back to an episode we recorded last week, but actually won't be up until next week because yeah. we're, we're doing this Oh, instead. yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about overpopulation and stuff, so that'll be next week. Um, but we've talked about overpopulation before. It's a, it's a recurrent thing. Yeah. But I think that, and this isn't like a fucking cracked-style theory. I've, I've got something to directly back this up. But I think the film is set in a world where... It's things have spun completely out of control, especially yeah. population wise, and that's why Charlie is so bloody poor. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yes, because she says it. There's a hundred billion people. In the yeah. World. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, turned. I turned to Katie and said, "She said a hundred billion." And Katie goes, "No, she said a hundred million." I was like, "No, I she w- said a hundred I watched. Billion. I went back four times. It's a hundred yeah. billion. She said a hundred billion, and it wasn't said like an exaggeration. A mum says to her kid, or it was said like, "This is the world we're living in." And the place looks like old, almost uh, Dickensian England. Yeah, yeah. But yet they all have American accents. Yeah. So it's like everywhere spread. Out. Like obviously, I think Charlie, wherever he's living, is like a new country. Yeah, it's because um, they mention all the other countries. There's people from Germany. There's they're like uh, they never mention England, do they? I thought is no, because they do Bru- the news reports. Brooklyn up from England. Oh, maybe she is. Yeah, I think they mentioned it. No, because there's two from America. There's Mike TV and 
Oh, the chewing gum girl. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But they do... No, there is a few references to England, because even in the... When they're bidding for it, the queen bids. Yes. That's right. Um, but Char- So Charlie's neither from... But he lives around the corner from the factory. But they don't say where the factory... Do they say where the factory is? No. They but filmed it in... Was it Dusseldorf or Munich? Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't count. No, no, but they tried to give it that... But so... It seems like he doesn't live in England. The book's set in England. But it seems yeah. like he doesn't live in England because they mentioned somebody else being from England. You know, it seems like he's not in England. Yeah. Also, seems like he's not in America because there's others. Yeah. He lives in poor Asia. Yeah. <laughs> Oceania or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, but there's 100 billion people in this universe. So, yeah. Which, obviously, that was just some weird thing where nobody noticed that they wrote 100 billion and not million because... Well, <laughs> the world it could can- also have just been artistic license writing of oh that like or you know it's the sort of thing a mum says to a kid to make them feel okay yeah, yeah. as well but it's, it's said a few times you know there's billions of people in these there's, there's the chances are so, like one in billions and it's, yeah, yeah it just backs up a lot of like the the, the gluttony yeah. of an of an overpopulated world like the beautiful people from the universe 25 experiment yeah, yeah. Uh, and then why there's so because like Look at how poor the bucket family is. It's like that's shouldn't even a loaf of bread is a luxury or a feast. That shouldn't be a possible in a town like where you can actually have a house, and yet, like that has to be a really, really false economy where you can actually own property but still not afford dinner. Well, they're probably renting. Yeah, but even to afford, you can rent but can't feed. Like, yeah, how expensive is food? It it seems yeah like like where rent might be cheap because there's so many buildings to rent yeah yeah but a, a loaf of bread might be fifty euro <laughs> that's the whole fallout thing that's where where like yeah, items yeah. went up where it was like a quarter of a million to buy a motorbike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's really interesting um, and I I always remember as a kid I don't know why but I always remember as a kid trying to figure out how all the grandparents fit in the one bed thinking that like they just don't fit in that bed but then oh. watching it this time i was like well yeah they're just tops and tails like <laughs> that's two beds but you know it's weird. when yeah. i was a kid i thought they didn't have legs and that's what when grandpa joe gets out of bed i thought that was what was meant to be the surprise not that he, that he had, could walk that he, had, that he legs. had legs and as well right this is another thing grandpa joe and the whole grandparents that is really weird. It's a very strange setup. It's a very strange scenario. There's no father ever mentioned, right? Yeah. There's right. a father in the book. I don't know why he's yeah, just cuz he's in the, he's film. in the remake, the Yeah, yeah. And um cuz that actor I love who from uh that uh, from I know. Life Aquatic. He's the first that, officer in Life Aquatic. So there's four people in the bed. They're old people. Now, there's two are clearly very much older. Right? Mm. So Which is be it the father's parents? Yeah, is it three generations? Is that th- or four generations in the house? Is that the idea? It's not very clear. Well, in the book, I was thinking that maybe the four of them are a couple, <laughs> and they just have the daughter. And then is Joe Charlie's grandpa dad? <laughs> and is it really weirdly? <laughs> well, the mother calls him grandpa as well. So <laughs> yeah, well, I know that's a kind of thing parents do once you have. 
Yeah, my sister calls my parents yeah, nana yeah. and granddad. It's to, to get kids. the kid used to. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. it just becomes. Even I, uh, and then slag them. I call them nana and granddad <laughs> all the time because <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, sorry. Yeah, you you had, <laughs> the, you had the one that wasn't. Yeah. God damn it! But well, in the book, it's the father's parents and the mother's parents. Yes. Now I just I only mention the book because I do find it really funny that like just. The emphasis on how poor they are. Because I also, I tried, I gave the book a read last night. Because it's only, it's a children's book. I just downloaded it on my tablet. I read about half of it. Um, I think I tried reading it as a kid, but it was when I, you know, when you're a kid, reading's for nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they really emphasize how poor they are in a book to a re- such a ridiculous level. Oh, yeah. Where, which is just funny. But he wor- his job in the book yeah. is... Charlie's. He- no, no, uh, Mr. Bucket. Yeah. he he's the, And he's the only person in the household with a job. We'll get to that later. But his job is screwing uh, the caps for two, toothpaste tubes. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> you, so, re, like, so it's just a commentary on the, the woes of working as an unskilled labourer. Yeah. Um, that just makes me think of. I think that I, is in I'm, the. I'm sure I've mentioned this. That's on, in the Tim Burton version. Probably think, is. Yeah. yeah, I've I've mentioned. As crazy as the Tim Burton one is, it is slightly truer to the book in some ways. Uh, but it's yeah. also a hideous just... mess to watch. Um, but your man who's now plays young. Uh, uh, what's his name? Norman Bates. Nor- is it? Norman Bates was Charlie. Um, well, he's. I really film. like him as an actor. Yeah, he's great. He was in uh, Finding Neverland with Johnny Depp as well. That's right. I really like that film. It's funny. Don't Um, judge me. Sorry, yeah, where was I going? I went off on a tangent there. Did I heard... I didn't... uh, Sorry, now this is a tangent, but uh, just because speaking of Johnny Depp, only when I... Because I was looking for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I just heard all that shit, like that Johnny Depp was like slapping around his wife and stuff. (laughs) Did you hear about that? (laughs) No. Oh, apparently it's been this like huge thing for the last. I guess we're not too clued into oh, celebrity sorry, I news. I have heard that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed with that. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. I only heard about it this morning. But is he but... a drinker? Oh, I'd imagine so. Because booze makes you crazy when you like that. Always, it's look at Mel. Look at look at the Gibson, <laughs> Mad Max. I'm not sure if he now he is mad. Really needed the booze. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe not. <laughs> but uh. But anyway, sorry. Uh. Enough about well, Johnny Depp's spousal abuse. No, but I'm sure you can relate to it being an Irish person and me as an Irish person. We all have an uncle or a cousin who's an <laughs> alcoholic. Yeah. And I you can see how it just makes them mental. Like, you just go nuts after a couple of years. Just, yeah. It just fucks at your brain. But anyway. If you start slapping um, around your, like, 23-year-old wife, that's... Oh, no, that's serious business. Uh, yeah. The, sorry, my tangent was you were talking about like terrible menial job that his job is yeah. screwing uh, caps on toothpaste, which is it's just literally it's such genius. A funny, horrible job. <laughs> Even though, like, really, I was like, actually, that's not that bad of a job because I would just plug in, I would just listen to audiobooks and yeah. podcasts all day because you have this job where you don't need to focus at all. Do you know what? I'd actually love a job like that. I kind of, now, the older I get, I'm like, there's a lot to be said for just like mopping a floor where you can think, just I was thinking once you're day. allowed to put in headphones once it's not because security seems really nice until like yeah. I, I remember I went for security jobs and you're like oh you can't actually wear headphones because you have to be alert and there's certain yeah. jobs where even like 
working as a bin man seems fine, but because you see them in movies wearing headphones, but you're not allowed to wear headphones. No, for health and safety, yeah. yeah. Because you're machinery and stuff. Exactly. But So once the job allows you to wear headphones, no, then I, I'm all for it. A little bit of me thinks, now that we live in the modern world of YouTube and you can essentially learn anything for free. Exactly. I wish I did something really boring in college and just got a really boring office, office job, job yeah. where I could actually afford to do something with. <laughs> well, like, um, where I'd have a regular income and I'd go home at five o'clock every day. I spent from the age of like 14 to 25, I was all like real anti-office job, being a really boring, having nothing to do. And then now I'm in, well, I know I'm in my 30s. I'm like, man, why didn't I do that? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thinking of like those kind of boring jobs, I remember I wrote a script years ago with a friend and we had a character who, uh, his dad worked as a garden shed architect because <laughs> we were trying to come up with like really yeah, shitty menial yeah, yeah. jobs and that was the best one we couldn't come up with was a shed architect which is just genius yeah because like, my the guy came up that i didn't but uh i won't take credit for it who was it um an old housemate i don't talk to anymore oh uh, it's like i was even is thinking that who you were thinking of when i said yeah that, i was yeah. like i bet you somebody he just wanted to give the credit to yeah, yeah. No, I won't give his name. You'd have said I won't it give his name, but he deserves the credit for that. If it was, I'm not, I'm not no, that no, person, but you, like. but yeah, but you know what I mean. Because like, if it was Darren, you would have just said, oh, me and Darren come up with this idea. It's like once you said me and a friend, and it was a good idea, it was like, oh, there's obviously... I'd say who it was, yeah. Yeah. And his name was Johnny Davis, <laughs> and I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> Unless there's microphone. We don't talk to each other. Unless yeah, it's yeah. recording. Um, we're cursed into doing this podcast yeah. by a gypsy that's the only reason, <laughs> that's the only reason we're talking yeah instead of saying dinner she just went <laughs> podcast <laughs> just put her hand on your ear and said podcast speaking of dinner and just to go back to our uh, motorcycle I was having my dinner the other day and I was looking I think it was ITV or TV3 but anyway they're uh, playing, playing Sons of Anarchy Oh, yeah. So it's probably like I'd say it was because I've seen episodes from the first season. Yeah. I say this was deep into it because it was people I didn't recognize. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a dead body. The wife, they kill somebody anyway. And they need to get it's like Pulp Fiction where the wolf needs to come to clean it up. Yes. And it's, it's the the nurse. Oh, my God. I'd like it. Mean, no, it's it was, your one. Your one. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, who, Ron Perlman's wife, who's the guy who writes. It doesn't matter who it is, though. Leela from Futurama. You want to just that voice? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does, it's, anyway, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. That's I know all that matters. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Uh, but the guy, it's the cleanup thing that's important. Because you know yeah. who that is that comes to clean no, up. No, who was it? Stephen King. Oh, was it? Yeah, I yeah. didn't get and that's the even, joke. Your man's like, I know a guy, and he says his name's Bachman. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because yeah, yeah. at the time, I was watching it going, there is a reference here I'm not getting. Because it seemed really... Clear. Oh yeah, and it's the fact he acts weird and he starts groping the dead body and stuff. No, but they even have a moment where they go like they throw him some cash and he picks up like a lamp or something and something else and he goes, "Yeah, this will do." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't realize that was Stephen King. Yeah, and he just comes into the kitchen, takes some like detergent and stuff. And yeah, goes I think away, they don't have the, the money the, for the, him, so they just yeah. say, "Take what you want." But no, he, he takes a load of, like, just household chemicals, goes down into the basement, oh, and, and then comes back and goes, it's done. And she's like, Where, where's the body? And he's like, it's what gone. Body? And he, and he <laughs> yeah, just goes, what body? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was funny. It's really funny. <laughs> it was just funny as well. Like, I didn't realise that was Stephen King. Yeah. Because he's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Then. Oh. And and he never, ever came back in the whole series. And for, oh, the whole, the whole okay, time, I was like, awesome. oh, I hope that guy comes back. 
I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I, I might watch this if that becomes, like, no. a semi-recurrent thing. But I, <laughs> it was just funny because yeah, Stephen yeah. King's a, an ongoing reference on this podcast, as is biker gang clubs. Yeah. yeah. No. I, one of the things, just to talk about, like, work and, isn't it, and the granddad, just granddad Joe, he references that he worked for Willy Wonka, but it's yeah. never really explored. In the newer one, they talk about it a little bit more. I think they add that's not in the book though. That's something they add. They, oh, they? they show flashbacks of him working. Oh, in the new one, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Grandpa Joe said he worked there. Oh, he did. No, sorry, he did work in both. He did work for it, but in the new Tim Burton version, yeah, they show flashbacks to him working in the first Willy Wonka candy shop, and then yeah. in the voiceover he mentions that, and then the factory opened, and then it shows him working in the factory. Yeah. yeah. But whereas in the book, it just—I think it's just implied. He, he would, do, does he say it in the film he worked there? Or yeah, because he tells Charlie about uh, what's his name, Slughorn. Yeah, he uh, just knows. Or worm, whatever. Uh, I just can't remember. I, even though I only watched it last night, I wasn't sure if he said it directly that he worked or he just knew a lot. Yeah, I well, don't know. But this is where I'm going with this: is he says I haven't gotten out of this bed in twenty years. He's clearly been in that bed with depression for 20 years, right? <laughs> Do you think that's it? Because he's not that old. So so you were actually going to give him the benefit of a doubt that he actually has a mental disorder. And not that he's just a scumbag. Well, no, that's where I was going with it. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> depression would be a... F- like, uh, I would understand he, that. He's his just, daughter... He's a rap bastard. Right. His daughter is working... All hours of the night in like a laundry, basically a fucking Magdalene laundry. Yeah, right? his grandson is doing a newspaper route and giving him money for his tobacco. Oh, the grandson. And he's sitting in bed not working. Le- yeah, the worst part when he says, uh, "It's like, oh, I don't want Charlie working. Someday I'll get a job." And she's got, "Oh, Grandpa, you've been saying that for twenty years." Yeah. And he got his bed, and he look. Well, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold. Yeah, he's the reason they're poor. And he's oh, not he that old. Cause he's been the, in bed it, 20 years, so he's been in bed since he was probably 40. Exactly. Because he's, he's at most 65. Right. Once he fucking hears there's an opportunity in the factory, he's up fucking th- tap dancing. Like. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. I want to give you an amazing little piece of trivia that I found about the actor who played Grandpa Joe, and I know you're going to love this. And I, right. I read this and I went, I'm keeping this for Johnny. Duh. Before you go into just which we're talking about age, in the book, he's 96 and a half. So it's ah, a okay. bit more understandable in the book. Okay. But but in the book, he's also just a dirty old man. Yeah. Isn't literally, he, he bathes once in like 40 years and he bathes in his suit. Ugh. <laughs> but that's that's very... <laughs> no, uh, no, that's uh, Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, first off, what's his name? Uh, Ernst Zeigler? Who played... Oh, sorry, it's Grandpa George. I kept saying Joe. Uh, oh, no, Grandpa... No, it's oh, Grandpa sorry, Joe. It's Grandpa Joe, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Ah, sorry, I mixed this up. Okay, there was... Grandpa Joe, the guy who played him, was blinded by gas in World War One. What? Right? That he has such poor eyesight that for the whole film, they had an a crew member who held a red light up in the air so he knew where to look right isn't that amazing wow okay 
Grump, Grandpa George, who's the older grandpa, right? Mm. In it, right? This is an amazing little bit of you. Whenever a scene was filmed inside the Bucket's house, Ernst Zeigler, Grandpa George, would take off his shoes and tuck them under the bed, under the set bed before crawling in to film the scene. When it came time to film the portion of the I've Got a Golden Ticket song that involved Grandpa Joe and Charlie both looking under the bed, the director, Mel Stewart, wanted to move Zeigler's shoes out of the way to film the scene, but Zeigler protested as he was afraid they would take his shoes away and he valued those shoes very much as they were the on- his only remaining possession from before World War II. Eventually, the director was able to convince Zeigler to allow them to move his shoes to film the scene. This is 1971. Yeah. <laughs> and and just while I have my trivia open, sticking with disasters and disaster artists and all that stuff, there's a scene where they're taking Wonka bars off an airplane. Yeah. That was a Boeing 707, right? In... Uh, and it was destroyed in 1974 when it crashed in Bali in Indone- uh, Indonesia uh, and 107 people were killed. Oh, that's a nice note to <laughs> finish. Yeah, just so you know. But anyway, back to uh, Grandpa Joe is a scumbag. He's a I think. dickhead. Everything. like he's Basically, the impression I got from his character was he worked for Willy Wonka. There was a lot of spies causing Wonka problems. He fired all his staff. And Grandpa Joe got into bed at about 42 years of age and didn't get out of bed again until yep. Charlie won the golden ticket. Yeah. And told him he was bringing him. Yeah, we'll get to... There's other... Just go back to the, the spy story. Yeah, he tells the story about spies. Now, do you think he just got into bed because he lost his job when Wonka yeah. dropped everybody? He's like, oh, I'll just go to bed now, which he could have easily done that. Or do you think... Does he know so much because was he... One of the spies. And has he just been waiting all this time for a way back in? And is that why he's so obsessed? Because he's the one... He's not dancing about getting a lot... Like, this thing is... They seem to very much have... I was thinking this about Charlie, right? The way he's depicted in the film. This relates to kind of what you're saying, right? Um, This isn't mad tangent. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) And, like, Charlie puts a lot of hopes on the idea that he's going to win. Yeah. Really unnecessarily. But like, does he put them on or does the grandpa... The first mention... But the grandpa kind of puts them on him, right? Yeah, yeah the first mention but, of it is the grandpa saying, oh, I bet you got it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's... It's kind of weird because there's the whole thing of... He's under this whole... Imp- like, the kid genuinely thinks he'll get it. Yeah. Like me buying a lotto ticket and be like... I'm going to win. Tomorrow I'm getting 15 million. Like... <laughs> Your odds would be better winning the lotto, considering in this world, there's first of all, there's it's five in a hundred billion, yeah. <laughs> as we've established. But anyway, the and he, but okay, the prize, as far as they know, is a lifetime supply of chocolate. Yeah. Now, for a family this poor and as horrible as they are, a lifetime supply of chocolate isn't really going to help them. Now, the only thing I in the book. <laughs> Which is weird, but Charlie is addicted to chocolate in the book. Oh, yeah. Even though he only gets it on his birthday, he's still addicted to it somehow. Yeah. Well, 
So that'd this be like where a heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm going with this. And so is the grandpa celebrating that he's going to get a chance to get inside and see Wonka's secrets to sell them? Yeah. And is he also thinking lifetime supply of chocolate? That's a lot of chocolate I can sell. Maybe. But sorry, just to. But is it? Is it? I thought the doors were. I thought it was, they were known that you you get a ticket, you go in. No. No, you get you get to the tour, yeah, and, and a lifetime the, supply of chocolate. Okay, yeah. you don't know you're going to win the factory and become a millionaire. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, when you said that, I thought I was like, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the real prize is you inherit. Yes, no, no. So I think it, I think like what slug works after kind. Of, I think Grandpa, I think Grandpa was put in there as a spy back in the early days. Yeah, when Wonka closed everything down, he lost his job. He became yeah. obsessed with sort of getting back at Wonka. And now he's been waiting for the opportunity to get back in there and steal the secrets he was he, originally sent in yeah, there to he, steal. He's not celebrating for Charlie. Because no, the song he, is, I've got a golden ticket. Can I just point out, maybe he's just a cruel old man. Because you know when he's like, they buy Charlie, the, they all knitted the scarf for his birthday. Yeah. And then he buys the bar. But Grandpa's like, oh, and this is from all of us. And I was thinking like, but you don't leave beds, so you couldn't buy that. Also, you have no money. So, did the man actually buy that and you're just taking credit for it? Well, clearly. But also, he's like, now open it. See if you got that golden ticket. Yeah. But it's not a Wonka bar. I said that as well to Katie. And she goes, no, it's all the Wonka no, bars. No, it's all. It's only the Wonka bars. But then, Even when later he... on, he gets a, what is it, a Wonkalicious? Yeah. The long thing that has basically uh, Hershey's cups in it. Yeah, yeah. Thinking he would win a ticket and there's no gold ticket. Then he, he only, but they're only ever in the Wonka bars. But, I think but Charlie never. Bu- the only time Charlie buys a Wonka bar is when he gets the golden ticket. Yeah, yeah. But I, so, so I think that's meant to be like a point. That he, if he bought, a, that it was it was meant to be for him that he bought a Wonka bar to begin with. He'd have just gotten a golden ticket straight away. Yeah, yeah. I think the point is meant to be that he maybe he didn't know that because they're so poor for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. But the grandpa getting his hopes up, like he he probably should have known that there's definitely none. There's no no ticket in that. It's a square. It won't even fit. All right. Also, right. We neither us grow grew up horribly poor or anything like that. No, we always had food on the table, hand me downs. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I was gonna say. We had clothes on our back, but they were probably belonged to a sibling or something like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was Ireland. You only had one older brother. Well, I only had one older brother, too. But Yeah, and two older weird. sisters. I think so. I got hand-me-downs, but I don't think my younger brother did. <laughs> I guess we moved, more, we moved more into the Celtic Tiger. Yeah, as that he... was the thing. But the whole point is, there was never a lot of money going around. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so you can only... I... Without sounding like I, I, I think I could maybe imagine about one percent of what Charlie's life is like from my experience growing up, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I was never, I never felt short on anything. But anyway, so like, I think in a weird way, like the film might be some weird social experiment where everybody's just being cruel to Charlie. Yeah. Because it's not just Grandpa Joe. We'll get back to Grandpa Joe. Being a cunt. Scumbag that he <laughs> is. But Bill, the guy that owns the candy shop, the guy that sings the candy man can. No kid has to pay for candy in that place. No. Now, I assume maybe they've got a. T- maybe this world, this. 
dystopian world is so obsessed with chocolate yeah. that their parents have an open tab in or the shop. Yeah, or they're on like some kind of direct debit scheme. Or yeah, something. yeah. But they, he's just throwing candy around to them. And when yeah. Charlie comes up, he's... Oh, yeah. And, and, he, has and to, he's, he knows he's outside. He knows he's not let in. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was getting to this... The reason I went on the tangent earlier about, oh, you know, you grew up kind of not rich. I grew up not rich. But, you know, I think a lot of we people were, grew up not rich. <laughs> I know, yeah. We were lower, lower middle class upbringing, as it were, to... Uh, what's a blue collar? Well, blue collar. Blue collar, I think. Yeah. yeah. And... We didn't Charlie, drink beer on a stoop. Like, <laughs> as much as we Charlie want, finds a coin, which is clearly a lot of money. Yeah. Like he finds whatever, like a half crown or a crown or something. Oh, actually, I never even thought of that. What was the currency? Yeah, it's I. I looked it up in trivia last night, and I can't remember. Was, what it, was. it a made up one though? No, it was a specific oh. coin. They're still in circulation, I think. At the time the trivia was written. Okay. And but anyway, sorry, you were saying... We've it's like a kroner or something. Like, you know, it's... Um, yeah, yeah, you were saying, though, about... Um, and... But basically, it's the same as, say, you as a kid finding five pound or five euro or five dollars, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. At least. Because he buys two chocolate bars with it and still has change. He doesn't after he he. You know he gets changed after. Not the, after the second the one. Bar. He does. Yeah. No, no. Bit. He he leaves. Does he? He gets changed the first time, and then he gets another, and then he he gives over the money. So, I was fi- but it's so much extra money that for him, who is someone who puts all his wages into buying a loaf of bread and giving his mum the change, and when he finds this coin, he buys a load of chocolate, and. I just to me, I just thought it was a little bit. It almost seemed like it was out of character. But then, as you're saying, his the whole thing of he's addicted to chocolate, and when he buys the Wonkalicious, he's just like scoffing it down yeah. really quickly. And well, I guess he's addicted though in the sense that he never even gets to have it. So it's yeah. more like a longing to be normal, to be like yeah. other kids because they're all like, fucking gluttonist fucks in it. Do you think he would have if he didn't find the golden ticket? Do you think he just wouldn't have told anybody that he found the money and bought the chocolate? Yeah, well, you see, I think... He says he buys the bar for his grandpa, but I bet you that bar is eaten by the time he gets home. But no, I think when he saw how easy it was for Grandpa Joe to take the money, his first pay off him, <laughs> that he was like, fuck him. Yeah. Because I think I'd have done that as a test. Like, no, I want to pay for your tobacco. And if he just took it, I'd be like, you scum. <laughs> you rotten scum. bastard. Now, the other thing I would add now... I feel bad for Charlie, but looking at his, obviously it was his first pay, so obviously he's only been a week. Maybe he's yeah, paid bi-weekly. Yeah. So and they, they also point out it's a big deal that he's working. Yeah, but but yeah. either way, he's either been working a week or two weeks. When yeah. you look at how shocked everybody is to get a paper, clearly he's not doing his job properly. He's <laughs> just throwing papers. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I think that might be uh, the problem with the Bucket family might be that they're just really bad workers and just don't really want to work. They'll just have ass every job they get. Yeah. I'm saying like they, they, they might deserve to be in the predicament yeah. they're in. Like that factory. Johnny, are you saying poor people don't work hard enough? No, I'm saying the Bucket family uh, don't. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, just, just... So yeah, like Grandpa Joe, 
yeah. even even his thing like he seems like one of the first things he talks about Charlie's like oh he works too hard where he's almost yeah. like stop Charlie from working he he doesn't want Charlie to learn learn the value of a dollar it seems like no. straight away he he doesn't even like he's just a bum he's <laughs> like you know like have you ever been to like a fucking in in Ireland we have crusties which are like hippies but, but crusties uh what crusties are you joking or you never no i've never heard this term you've never heard the term crusties yeah are you actually joking <laughs> no seriously <laughs> you've never heard crusties but that's I've, I've even... probably heard it i'm I... think of like that's even referenced in like what's the um oh what hot fuzz crusty jugglers they're talking about the homeless like the hippie crusties yeah 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 um so they're like hippies that you would just see at festivals who yeah look down on you if you work (laughs) (laughs) because you're you're just contributing to society man man you're working for the man yeah if you're not dressed paying tax if you're not if you're not dressed like a spaz you're not part of them you need to have one of those hoodies yeah 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 poncho style hoodies uh, but I think that's what Grandpa Joe is. He just doesn't really like anybody working, but yet wants... D- d- he needs them working to pay his way. He's just a crusty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just a crusty bollocks. <laughs> it's the, it's, and, and it's that... Like, like, in the book, it makes sense, because what did you say? He's 96, 96 and so. a half. But even so, he's still... Like, it's that thing where once he gets up, he takes him. His first time to bathe in 20 years and he just does it in a suit but like was that thing when, when he's like oh well maybe if the floor wasn't so cold and then when he's doing the song and dance you learn he's got slippers under the bed so it's like he's like get my slippers so it's like so that's because the, the other guy had his World War 2 but the floor under. being cold didn't even matter <laughs> so it just any excuse somebody that'll just make any excuse for not being able to work it's a lazy fucker yeah so Grandpa Joe being uh, the scumbag that he is, yeah. Once Charlie gets the ticket, it's all—it's just about Grandpa Joe, and we get like there's more stuff later on where he just—he's only worried about himself. Yeah, but it's that—it's once he gets the ticket where Charlie gets a ticket, and all of a sudden Grandpa Joe is up singing, "I've got a golden ticket." Not yeah. even we, just I. Uh, but uh, Charlie invites him. But yes, Charlie does invite him, but it seemed like Charlie had no choice. I'm not really siding with Charlie either. I mean, he probably should have brought his ma. She's the one that's... I know, yeah. Poor woman. Yeah. Bit of a dick move, Charlie. But then there is a weird thing when... So when they're entering the factory, when Wonka comes out 45 minutes into the film, and he's really pleasant with everybody as they're coming in, and everybody's introduced and he shakes hands with the kid and then their parents. Yeah. But then when it comes to Charlie, he, he recognizes Charlie first. He's like, I've read about you in the papers. Yeah. And then he doesn't shake hands with Grandpa. Grandpa is the one that... Tries to initiate it. Yeah, he's the one that initiates it. Yeah. Cause like, so if he was working... Because Willy Wonka would not recognize every employee. Of course so There's not. no reason he'd recognize him. But Grandpa seems really eager. But once they're shaking hands, there is this really... Mo- and of course, it's just an accident or whatever. But maybe it's a subtle moment on Gene Wilder's behalf where there is a moment where of recognition. 
Yeah. Or he kind of like just like his head kind of rolls back a little, like as if he yeah. recognizes Grandpa Joe. There's a little bit of tension there. Yeah. Um, it's uh, going with later on, it turns out that Slogorn, who approaches all of them with a proposal to spy and grab the never, yeah. it was a never ending gobstopper. Turns out he everlasting. actually, or everlasting, sorry, he works for yeah. Willy Wonka and he's just a guy pretending to be Slughorn or Slugworth. Or Slugworth, yeah. Slugworth. And, uh, skipping so far ahead. Sorry, no, no, but it's relevant to this. Yes. Yeah. When I was reading trivia and stuff about it, there's a theory that he's actually going around placing all the tickets and that everybody who's selected was specifically selected. But when you think about it, going into the kids is you have, before really knowing no, much about them, you've Veruca, who's the heir to a peanut empire. So why not involve her in the chocolate business, right? You have Mike TV, who's a kid who loves entertainment. Got a beat on pop culture. Yeah, he's a kid who loves entertainment. And Wonka gives his whole thing is it should be given to a child, not an adult, who will do things the way I want them done. Yeah, yeah, um, and then the same with the other girl. Like, Biting out, everybody knows yeah. the characters. No, yeah, all the char- all the way be. down. Yeah. Even and the the German kid who loves chocolate and food. So why not somebody who loves chocolate? And then Charlie, who is poor but is kind of kind at heart, and his grandpa betrayed you. We well, see. Maybe. I think kind of the Charlie's the only one that it's meant to. That maybe it's designed to be there for him, maybe because yeah. the rest of them, I can kind of read that as being like I know what you're saying, and that makes sense. Yeah, but also it could be a comment on, well, this is everybody. Everybody's either a spoiled brat with a rich parent, yeah. either obsessed with pop culture, either gluttonous and eats it. Like everybody, or really competitive and don't care about the consequences. Yeah, so every like like swing a cat. And you will hit somebody. Yeah, like the girl. Maybe the spoiled name. brat with rich parents is the hardest one because most people aren't rich. Yeah. But yeah. generally, like, I mean, think of friends, you know, like how many, like, without saying names, how many people do you know like a character in Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory? Darren is all of them. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> all the characters that met the demise in the chocolate factory yeah yeah i think no matter what they get those the it'd be different na- there'd be different names and different ag- genders attached but you would get the yeah. exact same character because oh completely yeah yeah with the exception of uh the rich kid Ver- veruca is it veruca veruca yeah yeah, yeah. what a name it's, it's either veruca or veruca but i think it's veruca i always thought it was veruca i think it is veruca yeah but yes, yeah, so I just think you'd get those characters anyway, whereas Charlie... And you look at, like, when you see Slugwort talking to them, yeah, it's all after the... Like, long after they found the ticket, where it's, like, the celebration. With Veruca, it's just after she finds the ticket, but her father's been paying, like, 11,000 people to open them. So, obviously, he'd know, well, there's a good chance yeah, the yeah. ticket will be found She's here. the only one who doesn't but, actually find the ticket. It's funny. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, so, like... Slugwort would come to them after they find the ticket. Charlie's the only one where he's there right when he finds he's it. He's right there when Veruca finds it. He's in but the But that's factory. what I just, oh, sorry, I just yeah, said. Yeah. She had 11,000 people oh, sorry, yeah, open yeah, like yeah. 80,000 bars a day. So it's like she was yeah. guaranteed to find. So you would know, well, I'm going to go there because she's definitely yeah, going to yeah, find sorry, one. Yeah, yeah. But where the other ones, he was there in the celebration. Yeah, that's right. It's like if you win the lottery and you have a party that night, he was there for the party. He wasn't there yeah, when you yeah. found the ticket. 
bit different with Faruka, but she was definitely going to find one with the amount yeah. of money they were spending. So Charlie's the only one where, like, literally, he opened one bar, he got it, and Slugworth's there waiting. And uh, which yeah, he, another... he knew before anyone, like, or only right after the crowd reaction. Yeah, so it's another reason that like Charlie might have been there by design. Yeah. With that in mind, the fact that Slugworth is there for Charlie, that there's some plan. Has Grandpa Joe? Has he been trying to like position? Is he using fucking Charlie as a spy to finish his job? Oh, okay. Yeah. Where he's kind of been like maybe he's been deliberately keeping the family down, knowing that Wonka would go for some pure of heart uh, poor kid. So he's been like making sure this family suffers to try and get Charlie to the front of the line to who Wonka would pick out. Yeah, I mean don't want to go with all these mad theories but i know i think we're gonna to have to get gordo in <laughs> <laughs> it's no yeah so yeah he your theory is that grandpa's almost like position the family in a way to be the perfect bait for wonka yeah yeah because if he'd worked there he would know that eventually wonka won't want to do this anymore he might have an inkling yeah. that wonka would do something like this so on the off chance, he's positioned the family to just be the ideal candidates yeah. for what Wonka would write, what would want, and then he can essentially start back from where he finished. It's a big risk, though. How many of the poor families are there that he could have picked? You know? Well, in a world with 100 billion people, there's obviously loads. But, well, what does he have to lose? That's true, he's sitting in bed getting yeah, tobacco, like, like, fuck him. I mean, literally, when they... This is another thing that just speaks to how much of a scumbag he is. <laughs> when they have to sign the contract, remember? And everybody's like, oh, should we sign that? We don't know what this means. Uh, he's like, go on, sign it, Charlie. He we got li- nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. got not. So he actually says that. So that's not even a theory. He literally says, we've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. So I'd imagine that character takes that... that uh, philosophy on for everything where they've got nothing to lose he doesn't give yeah. a shit oh that's a good point he's just like we're at yeah. rock bottom already like that's like i'm not sure if he's positioned the family in that way i mean they're, they're, yeah, pr- yeah. they're probably that way because he's just lazy but then he's like oh well an added bonus to my laziness and reluctance to work for a living is Should that know. my grandkid is poor and might be picked by Willie. it's Walk. a little bit of have you read I'm surprised Katie, Katie might have put you on to Gabriel Garcia Marquez books. Has she she mentioned it, but I haven't read uh, any. There's an amazing book I she made me read, and it's only really short, really thin, called Nobody Writes to the Colonel. Mm-hmm. And it's all about this retired colonel who lives with his wife. And they had a son who worked and basically supported them and then the son died and it set all up without spoiling any of it it's, yeah. amazing, it's, it's all about the pros of course what's it Marquez. called uh, nobody writes to the colonel I'll, I'll give you the end of it sorry oh. Katie has all of Marquez's books she's obsessed with them uh, when we get a dog we're calling him Gabriel Gar- Garcia Marquez. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when not if yeah no when and uh, it's the whole thing of it is this guy is a colonel he was a colonel in like a big rebellion and the rebels won and now they're in government. 
Right. And he's retired and he's promised a pension. Right. And so he's done nothing with the rest of his life. And uh, every day he goes to the post office to see if his pension has come through. Uh, and it's nearly the kind of, you know what I mean? Like, just as you're talking about Joe and yeah, his, his yeah. kind of attitude towards life, it, to me, is really similar. And the whole time you're reading the book going, why didn't you get another job? And, and like, at this stage, he's whatever, like, at this stage, he's whatever, like, 70. He retired at, say, 45, 50, and has spent the last 20 years in misery waiting for his pension rather than yeah. doing something else. That's very, like, that's like a Hemingway yeah. type story. Uh, but it's, oh, it's amazing. You'll love it. You'll yeah, love it. it's um, really good. And it just, it's just, just what you're saying there really makes me think of that. And it's just this whole this character kind of, like the amount of people I went to school with, not college with, but went to school with or whatever, who are that? Well, okay, they went and they did a degree in engineering, right? Put four years hard work into it, came out of college. There's no jobs in engineering, so they're on the door. Hmm. And maybe they went to Australia for a couple of years where they got a job. This attitude of, oh, there's nothing what I was trained to do, so I give up, and I'm just going to wait for the opportunity to come to me. Kind of, it's just like... (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, and it is weird because even, I guess it's different because there's a lot of people that do media-related courses and leave college and there's nothing for them, but they're like, well, I'll go and I'll make my own short or I'll do a podcast or like I'll at least do something. Exhibit A and B. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's like, and then maybe we'll be able to like, sell patches for our motorcycle guy, uh, club, yeah. club. Yeah. or something but you know you, you try and create something just like you put your energy into something it's that idea of like oh I'll sit yeah, at ho- yeah. I'll sit home and watch I'll watch Stranger Things and that's it and that's what they do yeah, instead yeah. it's like but instead of like I'll stay home and I'll like I'll, I'll, at least I'll write a script or I'll work on my portfolio or see that's the advantage of yeah, getting involved in any sort of media creative thing. That at least, if you are left out of work, you can still your brain is still the wheels are still turning. You're yeah, still yeah. functioning. Well, like what something. I did was, I first studied photography for a year. I did a one year portfolio course. I was trying to get into do a degree course in photography. So I did that one year course. Didn't get into the degree course. And thought, okay, so I worked full time in a photographic shop, yeah, yeah, yeah. working on my portfolio. Uh, got full points for my portfolio after a year of hard work. Still didn't get the course because I was shit at school and you have to have both. And then I did a course in film where I met you. And now we do a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how, how different things would be. I don't know. If only I'd worked... If only... No, I'm not going to say if only I worked harder in school because I worked my ass off and still did shit. But yeah, so like Slugwort is one of... Like he's the big villain of it. Because he's over this corporate, at least up until the end, we think anyway. Well, he still is. But just the guy we see is not actually him. But Grandpa Joe, he's still, I I think essentially he he was once implied by Slugworth as a spy. Yeah. When Wonka got wind of this and kicked everybody out. Grandpa Joe was left on his ass, turned into a crusty who (laughs) didn't want anybody to work. Um, and now he sees the opportunity to, I can get my job back. I can make good on my original scumbag spy promise. Oh yeah. I and he's using his grandson to get in there. 
And also, it's not just the spy thing. Grandpa Joe is also just a bad person in general. <laughs> no, but he is. When they go into... Oh, yes. When they're going through that first door, where it's like, oh, how do you get in here, Wonka? You're crazy. And she's like... He's like, I know there's a door around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And Mike TV's mother is like, somebody's touching me. And he she just like... She clearly means inappropriately. Yeah, because everybody's touching everybody. No, she means somebody grabs her pres- And it's presented like... He's like, oh, sorry. He puts up his hands and he just looks away. Yeah, yeah. So he just like took a squeeze while he had... He's the guy in a nightclub that every girl I know has told me that like walking through a nightclub, a guy will just walk by and squeeze your ass. Yeah. And I just kind of like, it's the worst. But also he's... He's really sexist in general. <laughs> like, he doesn't... When you actually watch him, he doesn't speak to anybody. Bar Wonka and Charlie throughout the whole film. He never speaks to his daughter. No, but he, when, when they're in the factory... Or his he, granddaughter. But when they're in the factory... Wife, he, but when says. they're in the factory, he doesn't yeah. speak to anybody else. Imagine going through that tour and not speaking to anybody else. But yeah. he talks about them oh, while they're yeah. there. So somebody will say something... And he's like, wow, she's a real bitch. Huh? Yeah, essentially. Like, that, like, <laughs> ladies first, that means Ruka. And he's like, well, if she's a lady, I'm a whatever, he says. Yeah, yeah. And he just made... I'm a 1970s one reference that people he, of this time will get. He keeps <laughs> making all these snide remarks that... He, got, and he used the word nitwit a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so he's just like... I know, he's just a really... He's just a slimy person. And it's his idea to drink the lemonade... He makes Charlie steal. He Charlie, makes him do it. Yeah. Charlie could have gotten, like, the whole test of that was to see who fucking steal. Like, the recurrent thing is he tells people not to touch anything. Yeah. And all the all the and liars do. tries to drink the river, falls in. Uh, who's next is um, Chewing Gum Girl takes the Chewing Gum. Chewing gum. Veruca wants the eggs, so she's a bad egg. egg. Mike TV shrinks himself, essentially. because he wants to be the first human to do it. And And Charlie's... They're they're all real selfish about everything they do. And Charlie isn't, but Charlie is forced into taking the... By the same person... Well, his grandpa's like, why not? Nobody will ever know. The same person has forced him into everything. And then, like, let's look at the end. Even child's labour. Right. When Willy Wonka gets angry with Charlie, when he acknowledges that he knows they stole it, yeah, yeah. What what what's Grandpa's reaction to that? Let's give the everlasting God stopper the slugs work. So did he design it? Did he did he need he he did he was the only reason he wanted Charlie to steal is to get, is to convince Charlie that he needs to get payback on Willy yeah, Wonka. Yeah. And so, like, I think that was his idea from the get-go, was to yeah. go in there to sell the secret to Slugsworth. It seemed like, when they're in the glass elevator in the end, oh, fucking Grandpa Joe, he's such a scumbag. <laughs> Once, the, when they're in the elevator, and Willy Wonka goes, Charlie, I'm giving it all to you. And what does it? What does Grandpa Joe go? His first thing is like, oh, what about me? oh yeah he goes what about me straight away he only cares about himself and he goes your whole family can move in as if Grandpa Joe cares about this did you hear about the man who got everything he ever wanted 
He lived happily ever after. <gasps> there is one. Respect, Gene. Woo! There is one. <laughs> there is one really weird line by Grandpa Joe's that I fucking love. When they're talking, when Augustus drinks, when he gets sucked up through the chute. Oh, yeah. And they're talking about the pressure building up. <laughs> yeah. And Grandpa Joe just says, remember once you asked me how a bullet came out of a gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like, what? That, that sounds like something you would try. That sounds like something like as you're about to kill somebody, you'd be like, Shane, remember you once asked me how a bullet came from a gun and then I'd cock no, it and shoot No, I didn't. You. I didn't. I never <laughs> asked you that. I never asked you. We never had that conversation. Like, that sounds <laughs> like something that an aging hitman would say to somebody. <laughs> I just like that line. But Grandpa Joe is absolute rat bastard. Scum. And I don't know, like, uh, we're talking about survival. Well, actually, sorry. Go back to all the traps the kids fell into. Would yeah. you fall into any of them? Um, am I adult Shane or am I, like, what, they're all meant to be 12 Well, to this is what I was thinking, because it is funny that kids won the tickets. They don't specify in the competition you have to be a child. So I'd assume we... No, c- but yet it's all children. Yeah, so I assume we can just win the ticket... As normal, yeah. So I'd say we're I'd say we're adults just because there's no rule to say we yeah, can't win the ticket. Yeah, because one of the people who wins the ticket, even though it turns out to be a forgery, is an adult anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just by complete chance they're kids in this film. Well, there's meant to be a lot of subtext suggestion that the tickets are targeted. In the world, we don't know that. There is yeah. just by chance. So is it one of us wins? And yeah, sorry, because you can bring a. So is just one of bring us? Bring a family member. It's both of us. So, am I your family? No. Um, uh, <laughs> but doesn't matter. Right it, now, it, it doesn't matter which of us. Actually one of us wins, here. and we're both yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, I win. You're my minder. Would you fall into any of the traps? I wouldn't be mad about the chewing gum. I like chewing gum, but I've, uh, I only—I yeah. literally use chewing gum to cleanse yeah. my breath after eating something while I'm like in work or something. The I wouldn't drink from the river because that's just unhygienic. That's disgusting. I I wouldn't touch any, when he says everything here is edible. I'm like, fuck you. That's disgusting. You're, I you tra- literally I tra- just sat on that mushroom. Do you know what I would say? My dick's edible. Get on your knees. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> no. I think at that all point, these kids around. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Johnny's getting the fuck out of here. You would be picking things off trees rather than the ground. Right. Even so, because uh, looking at that place, it literally looks like a fucking warehouse with a couple of props. So I, it does. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's the most unimpressive. Though the way they filmed it, did you hear about this? They, when all the actors first go into the room, that was real reactions. None of them had seen it, except for Gene Wilder. Why were they that impressed with it? It doesn't look because it's 1971, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like a warehouse with a couple of ship props. Yeah. <laughs> But it all looked very impressive at the time. But um, can you imagine how unimpressive it actually looked in a real life? Because usually things I know, that, like, it imagine was, how bad that Watching it as an adult last night, I was like, that's not that impressive. Because <laughs> when the camera pans around to show this magical wonderland, it clears four window frames. I know, yeah. And you're like, well, that's obviously, that's this side, that's this room. <laughs> like, yeah. Why not throw it all in like a big dome? <laughs> You should have blocked the windows because it gives you too much of an idea of scale and you realise yeah. how small that place looks. If they just did bricks in the background, yeah. it would look better. But the, 
Yeah, I, th- I thought it looked too small as an adult watching it. I was like, yeah, oh, not a chance I'd small. eat anything from that place. Not a chance. I'd probably eat a few things. Um, well, I mean, I'm not a big candy but a fan, little, so you know what a, li- yeah, a small bit anyway. A little bit of me, I'd be like, this is the start of the tour. I don't want to fill up and feel sick. Yeah. I'm going to save myself for later. Kind of, you know. And But so we won't Have you ever, have you ever done the Cadbury's tour? I went to Bourneville in England when, and did the proper job. Well, I lived actually. beside, when we were in college, I lived beside the Cadbury's chocolate factory. Oh, you did? I remember. And it was horrible because... Because it just smelled of burnt chocolate all the time. Like, yeah, it didn't even smell like burnt chocolate. It smelled like fucking rubber. But apparently that was the actual factory where Rodell worked. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Like the Kulak one. We went, like we, Our college was only oh, half road. a mile, if even, up the road yeah. from it. But that was the one where he apparently burst. There'd be a bunch of people hanging outside the college now wearing our cut. <laughs> Stopping uh, was it undesirables from causing trouble. Yeah, umpa lumpas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't teleport myself. And I wouldn't dance around demanding a golden goose either. Yeah. So, no, probably not. So, like, automatically we kind of survive. So we're Charlie. Would you keep the everlasting gobstopper? Would you be like, fuck this, I'm still selling this to Slugart? I don't know. That's where it gets me, I think. So you don't know that you're going to be handed the Empire? No. So you got a lot to give. you know what I have to say? You've got 10,000 of these. You don't know what these are. I don't know if they're dollars or if they're... Each one is $100. Is that 10,000 hundreds? I... Yeah, I don't know. Is that a hundred thousand? Is that a million? If that's only ten thousand dollars, I'm like, well, no, fuck that. I mean, I I think my life. But they give you the impression, like he says, you could buy a new house for your family. He gives the impression yeah, it's it's a life changing amount of money. But as we've established, seems like land land value isn't that much in this world. Oh, okay. Whereas food br- is different food way. is yeah. I would rather have. The lifetime supply of chocolate than one everlasting gobstopper. And the fact <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, but with the everlasting gobstopper is what you can sell and then get 10,000 of these, whatever these are. I know, but I think I would. But it feels like a trap because he gave them up to you and then it, someone specifically asked you for them. I'd be like, oh, that's a bit convenient. I think what I do is, you know, when he gets angry, you know, Willy Wonka gets angry with Charlie. And tells him yeah. to go home because he broke the rules. Yeah, yeah. And then Charlie comes back in and leaves the everlasting gobstopper down to show that he's not going to sell it. I think we, the only difference in my version is I don't... After he shouts at us, yells at us and we leave out, I take a switchblade <laughs> out of <laughs> and I cut Grandpa Joe's throat. <laughs> and then... I just cut off his head and instead I just leave his head down on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I found a rat. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and, and that's it. And then Willy Wonka and he just turns around and he goes, you passed the test. <laughs> yeah, like, I knew there was still an agent out there somewhere. Somebody yeah. who's been spying I, on me. And you know what, right? Wonka's a fucking lunatic, right? He is bonkers. But I was thinking about this. The tunnel scene has Terrifying. no. There's no reason for that except for the fact that just be like he's crazy. There's no. That's terrifying. So we didn't even talk about that. There's shots of like chickens being decapitated on the. 
yeah, yeah. I read it's maybe the, like a hint the, that you should decapitate Grandpa Joe. I just, oh man, that uh, that whole see. I remember thinking that scene freaked me out as a kid, and Katie was like, "No, it was a slugworth that freaked me out as a kid." And I was like, "Who? I don't remember him." And you again, didn't actually remember Slugworth? No, I did. I totally wow. forgot about all that. And but no, I really freaked me out was the tunnel, man. And then watching it as an adult, like this is terrifying. Yeah, it's really weird. It's actually when it's like, and it's just, it seems to come out of nowhere and then it's gone, and it's has no relevance or bearing to anything else. Apart from him, like, sort of knowing that something bad, it's he's essentially saying bad shit's about to happen. Yeah. You know, a bad thing. But it also already. sort of suggests, because just before that, the, there's the whole rooms changing stuff yeah. of you're in a different dimension now or something where I create chocolate and chocolate's made out of waterfalls. And I imagine that is the idea. Because he's talking about, like, even him talking about Oompa Loompas and them coming from this land that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. That he has found another dimension. And it's, like, you have to go through a hell dimension to get there. To get there. there, yeah. And that's what the tunnel is. And he has to say the poem to get there or something. It's just weird. I love, just about his reaction to the kids dying is amazing. To the? To the all the children dying. Oh, he's like, no, don't, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Won't you do something when Augustus is dying? He's like, won't you do something? He's like, please help. He goes, <laughs> please help us. Oh, hilarious. When when Veruca is doing her thing, he just like sits down. And he's like, no, stop, don't do this. <laughs> he's it's just, the same at Mike TV. He's just like he's running, and she's like, do something. He goes, stop. Don't do it or something. Like that. <laughs> but he's doing what we've done on this episode when we were. I think it might have been the Night yeah. of the Living Dead episode. We're like, no, oh, yeah. don't. Don't kill your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just love that reaction. That's Gene Wilder. That is Gene Wilder. Yeah. The legend. Gene Wilder. To get to how we survived. I like the idea that just handing him Grandpa Joe's head. I think that's instead the Instead of the everlasting. I think that's the best way to survive. You hand him the head and go, this is my loyalty. But it's just I'll like, keep I found the gobstopper. Oh yeah, because then you're like that. You're For playing me. the mob game. No, because then you're like, I found the rat. You're like Willie. Here's the rat, and Grandpa Joe's head's there, and you're like, well, to fit into the aesthetics, I have to say I'm very like you know I, fifth place I put half his head on the table. Why would you? Because everything in the room head, is yeah. cut in half. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but <laughs> so I leave his head there and say, here's the rat. Yeah. But I'm keeping the everlasting gobstopper in case you get second thoughts on our deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you win. Uh, well, and he just turns around and looks at you and goes, You uh, passed the test. Because how, what can, like, you. Instead you, of, You passed the test, he's just like, You you passed the test. Well, well done. Yeah. I was like, And just so you know, Willie. We're now moving into the heroin business. <laughs> no, I'm I'm moving into the crystal meth business. <laughs> we could bad stuff. Not as much money to be made there, but no, I okay. I, I I suppose heroin's bigger business here. Yeah, oh, definitely. Man, it's for people that can't afford heroin. <laughs> <laughs> people like Grandpa Joe. 
Um, but no, I think that's how you survive Charlie's Chocolate Factory is you kill Grandpa Joe and you hold Willie at, essentially at ransom yeah, by... Yeah. For the everlasting I've got the everlasting gobstopper in a safety deposit box. <laughs> if anything happens to me, it's leaked yeah. to the public. I've got it's, people that's leaked. Though. Yeah, it's not just going to be leaked to Slugworth. It's going to be leaked to the public. I'm going to go yeah, like yeah. Snowden on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I know you did nothing to help those kids. And I'll tell everyone. Yeah. And I've seen all the examples of slave labor that's going on. Yeah, here. you may have saved a whole nation of Umbalumpus, but they're your slaves. At least that's your side of the story. I'd like to see how dangerous all these willow beasts or whatever the fuck you call yeah, them yeah. are. I think that's one way to get out of it with chocolate factory. So, you survive through extortion and murder. Yeah, I'm on board with that. They set it up. I mean, I was playing by the <laughs> I was the playing se- by the rules already established. <laughs> the sequel is Willy Wonka and the Glass eleva- Elevator. It's just you just holding him outside <laughs> the elevator. And he's like, Please, <laughs> no, don't draw me. So the sequel is called Willy Wonka's Journey Through the Glass Elevator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Grandpa oh, Joe, I'd be, I'd, tr- I'd be nice to Willy Wonka. He seemed like a nice guy. But I think Grandpa Joe needs to die. Say yeah, no to Grandpa Joe. Hashtag say no to Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Like he, he was. He's the no, villain. genuinely. Hashtag say no to Grandpa Joe. <laughs> he uh, was Please. definitely Ac- acolytes. the villain of that, and you'll find out next week what your acolytes. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that. Right? He's definitely the villain of the piece. So I think you make good by killing him. Yeah, because when you think of it, when you come to the end, well, like on the last episode, we said we're pacifists, and then we yeah. spent. The last two episodes, even on the green room episode, people have pointed that out. That at the very start, we both talked about being pacifists, and then at the end, it's like, "Would you go back to kill them?" Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, an uh, hour before we start. Of course, the well, I think the whole point is that <laughs> it turns out that Slugworth isn't the villain. <laughs> so Grandpa Joe's head is already on the table. No, no, but uh, what I mean is. The film, right? Yeah, yeah. So, in a film like that, they establish from the beginning is there's a villain and there's a good guy. And Mm. in the middle, you don't know who the fuck it is. And by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh. So, Willy Wonka's the good guy and Charlie's the good guy. And everyone else is the bad guy. Including fucking Grandpa Joe. Joe. You see, I think maybe Grandpa Joe definitely knows the real... Because you know when, when... Charlie points out Slugworth. I'm not monitoring anymore, so yeah, actually, same here. Uh, when when Charlie points out Slugworth when they're going through the tunnel, yeah. Grandpa Joe doesn't know who he is. Yeah. So that implies to me that Grandpa Joe knows who Slugworth is, but this actor version of Slugworth he doesn't recognize. Yeah, because he's Wonka's man. Yeah, yeah. So he knows the real one. And that might be why the moment of recognition between Wonka and Grandpa Joe, where Wonka's like, oh shit, I recognize him. He's one of the spies. And yeah. maybe that's why he's worried it, it might not work out. Yeah. So I think for everybody's sake, Grandpa Joe needs to die. Yeah. And you know what? He's a sap on the family resources. Absolutely. Everybody so would be better. Everybody wins. Him. Yeah. And that's how you survive Charlie Chocolate Factory. You, <laughs> you cut the head off the snake. <laughs> And two do not replace it. No. 
No, it's not a hydra scenario. No. It's it's more like you cut the head off the roach, I guess. You can lower yeah. a roach. Grandpa Probably Joe. I think that's it. The the message is say no to Grandpa Joe and R.I.P.G. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Love you, Gene. You did some great work. We should do, like... Is there another Gene Wilder episode we could do? We should do Haters of Five. See no evil, hear no evil. Because one of us is blind and one of us is deaf. What? 